Good evening and welcome. It is Friday night. This is the Independence Gang. I'm your host, JV, along with co-host Britt Griffith. We've got Chase and Trish as guest panelists tonight. Welcome to both of you. I hope everybody has a great weekend plan. But before we jump into the weekend, which I guess probably somebody have already some have already jumped into it, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of politics. But before we even start that, Chase, I want to Give you a second, because you've been following this pretty closely, to talk about what's happening with the Joe Rogan situation in Spotify. Hey, everybody. JV here. Please take a minute and consider supporting the program. Our expenses are going up just like everyone else's, and it takes a lot to bring the show to you five nights a week. So we'd appreciate you going to the website, independencegang.com. Click on the Donate tab, or you can just type in independencegang.com slash donate. And spend a minute considering giving us a gift to help us fund our operations here. The Independence Gang is a labor of love, but there are expenses associated with it, and we appreciate your help. Just before the show, we were talking about a bunch of episodes being removed. Oh, I'm sorry, Britt, am I stepping on your toes here? Did you have this? No, no, to go, go for, for it. I just put the article Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I got the article up. Yeah. So, Chase, you've been following this pretty closely, and I know you're putting a list together where people can find the episodes that are being removed. What's happening here? So I um I follow Michael Malice on uh on Twitter and he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast a number of times and I actually have the bell notifications turned on on Twitter for Michael Malice because his tweets are so hilarious he's uh, like the best at trolling people who misunderstand him and um, he just posted hey both you know two of my episodes of Joe Rogan number nine sixty three and eleven seventeen or something like that uh, that's the tweet right there we're um. Uh, were removed. They were, they were pre-COVID episodes. And so I thought that it was just a fluke. You know, they were targeting Michael Malice thing. And then all of a sudden, Gad Sad had uh, uh, an episode removed. And I looked into it, and I think they're up to 70 now. Now, it's a little bit of a mis, um, uh, misleading number, because I think that there were 42 episodes total that Spotify never properly transferred over when they uh, transitioned Joe from YouTube to uh, Spotify. So it's, it's, you know, it's probably more in the realm of 28, but still that's a lot. I mean, it's over two dozen episodes, uh, that just today that have been, uh, uh, washed off Spotify. So yeah, I've got a spreadsheet that I'm putting together, um, of links where you can download all those episodes. They are findable on the internet. I have found them. There are archives. There are, there are people that kind of saw this coming even years ago and just started, you know, downloading every single time he published an episode, even if they didn't watch it, just, just so that it was somewhere safe. And it looks like we're going to have to start getting rowdy with it, boys and gal. What uh, is there any kind of pattern into, as to what they're removing? I mean, before the show, you checked and the Malone interview is still there. That was the controversial one that created all the noise recently. So is there some kind of pattern, something else they're looking at that you can tell? The only guess that I have, and I haven't had the time to go back and listen to those episodes. I mean, they're three-hour episodes. I did listen to them like the day they came out because I do love those guys, but I don't remember the details of them uh, to say. I do know that I have noticed a little bit of an uptick in the um, uh, corporate media criticism of the IDW. I've seen some tweets from some like journalist influencers recently you know, that are just criti they're critical of the intellectual dark web, right? And I know that Gad Sad and Michael Malice have you know long been attributed as part of that sort of uh, internet culture. And so this doesn't seem like it's a COVID-related censorship. This seems more like it's actually even more heinous because at least with COVID, you can give them the benefit of the doubt that they like it, have good intentions, even though they're wrong. But it seems like this is more of an idealistic battle. I think they're setting, I think they're just uh, criticizing people that aren't going to be healthy for the left during the midterms. 
$100 million, Trish, they spent on Joe Rogan. Spotify invested on his show. He's got 11 million to 40 million uh, listens or views per episode. The man is very is far more popular than any anchor on any television news program. Uh, and you even just said uh, over the weekend you caught up on a bunch of Rogan episodes. And now the, uh, the, the censor is coming through with his scalpel and removing episodes for what we really can't figure out uh, why yet. Well, I, th I think they'll leave up the more controversial ones. I actually looked it up. McCullough's still up. He's episode 1747. Mm -hmm. He's still on there. Malone's still on there. Um, so I, I think they're going to leave up those because that's they're getting tons of viewership from that. The more people bitch and moan about Rogan, the more you know washed up hippies who say they're going to pull their music that they don't own the rights to off of Spotify, the more people who do that, the more clicks Joe Rogan's going to get. So I think they're going to leave those up for a while just so they can get those clicks and get that money coming in. And then they'll pull them down a little bit later. So and, yeah, definitely download them. Yeah, and it's about clicks, Britt. You had the 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 tweet there. You had the uh, the information. You were going to talk about it. You know, one of the things that we fear the most, particularly as people who host a program, and actually our podcast, the version of this program is on Spotify. We've talked about things probably far more taboo than Rogan has. Uh, but uh, you know, as Americans. This is not the type of thing that we welcome. In fact, I would guess that you, Brit, and everyone else on this panel and everyone we have on this show is just fine with people on the left having their content on any platform that we're on, even if we vehemently disagree or think it's damaging to the country, which a lot of their content is damaging to the country. But hey, live and let live. If people want to listen to that crap, let them listen to that crap, right? The First Amendment is for the speech that is scary is ugly is you know um impro uh, not, i don't say improper but uh uh pornographic is free speech is for the speech that's rough to listen to because why, why else would you, you you don't need you don't need the first amendment for the speech everybody likes the happy talk stuff the rainbows and unicorn talk you don't need first amendment for that but first amendment is for it's for the stuff that you don't that you disagree with because you know what who gets to choose what's right what's wrong a lot of stuff. Uh, a god, apparently. When we, and we'll we'll make we'll meet our maker when we pass over, or something like that. Um, it's just uh, you know, sad that this is all happening right now, so we can't really digest what they're what they're nuking. Uh, but I but I bet you this is they're they're, they're just preparing the battlefield. They're starting to hit stuff, starting to delete stuff, so that it gets out in the lexicon. It gets out there. You watch. They'll wait a couple weeks and then they'll start nuking the COVID stuff. But by then. The populace will be tuning out. Okay, yeah, they're deleting stuff. We get it. Whatever, big deal. That's when they'll be going after what they want to really go after, which is the the Malones and the McCallas and the you know the particular politicians. And uh, so it's it's scary times and it's sad. But you know they paid Joe Rogan a hundred something million dollars. If they uh, and I believe uh, he has said that he is hundred percent over all of his content. Therefore, they can buy him out. And then there will be somebody that will give him money to come to their platform. There will, or he'll just get on Rumble and he'll make more money than ever before. Or like what you said earlier, JV, is he should go on Glenn Beck's road, go, go down Glenn Beck's road and maybe start his own network or, you know, or join up with a Glenn Beck type and do something like that. Then he doesn't have to worry about all this stuff. Kind of, kind of what he did going to Spotify, thinking he was probably a little more insulated there because he joined their platform, but. You know, and it's funny, correct me if I'm wrong, Chase, but didn't the CEO of Spotify just this morning say how they're backing Joe Rogan and free speech is this is and that's and he was up there being all, you know, kumbaya with Joe Rogan and 
Now they're doing this? Yeah, I think you're right. I heard something about that. I didn't see it directly, but my wife said something to me about that this morning. She was watching the news. And, you know, there's a there's a small part of me that is is hopeful that it's just a rogue employee that's pissed off at Joe Rogan that like had access. Oh, and they're just that's happened before. That's like my that's like that that would be like the a blessing, right? And it would actually explain why the CEO was all gung ho at nine a.m. and then at three, you know at five p.m. it started going weird. So I, that's I'm hopeful that that's the case. And you know I, I haven't seen Joe Rogan's uh, contract. I don't think anyone has. But for a long time, I just assumed that it was written in that there were some protections for Joe in terms of Spotify being unable contractually to remove content because it just seemed too good to be true that uh, some of his episodes were airing. If uh, if that was the case, if it was a rogue employee, don't you think we would have had a statement by Spotify by now? I don't know, it's been 90 minutes, man. So, they could be freaking oh, out. Oh, it's only been 90 minutes since this has started? I think it was like two hours ago. Oh, Maybe wow. it was okay. three. Okay. Uh, is it time to... Actually, I started asking a question and realized I need a bigger question. If we were to look at doing something like maybe boycotting Spotify, or not a boycott, but people say, you know what, if Spotify is going to do the same thing YouTube's doing, we're going to go somewhere else and try to find our content. But then you have the specter of the Google Play Store or the Apple you know, podcast platform. They could come out and say, you know what, we are not allowing this material to be on any app that we have in our stores or our lists or whatever it works. I mean, Trish, that's a real possibility too. Oh yeah. And they've like, look at like, they could platform, like we could, they could deplatform anything they wanted to. Google could, I mean, they own like 93% of the internet anyway. So yeah, I, I've been watching way too much Joe Rogan. I'm like, I'm all paranoid now about Google and want to like take everything off my phone. Well, I've been saying since we, we I've, I've been saying since we've uh, we've been talking about this that Google should be priority number one to break up. It's got to be broken Absolutely. up. Has to be. No. Google and Amazon. The rest of them aren't as important in my book. But anyway, all right, let's yeah, get I mean, on. Amazon's Go got ahead. the server, so that's yeah. Amazon's got the server, so yeah. you got to definitely nuke them too. Yep. All right, let's move on to some uh, some other news. So a, a Senate minority report has come out of the Intelligence Committee. I think it was the Intelligence Committee. No, Foreign Relations Committee on the Senate. The Republicans did an investigation into the failures of the botched Afghanistan withdrawal. And they came up with some pretty interesting uh, conclusions. Senator Jim Risch, the top Republican on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, released the report saying that uh, the timeline is very, very interesting and it shows a complete mishandling by the Biden administration. And to give you an idea of how this went, the Biden administration in April announced that they were going to be pulling out of Afghanistan by the end of August. The State Department did not officially reach out to regional partners uh, until the middle of July. So from April to the middle of July, they did nothing. The D Department of Defense did not engage the Qatari government about using facility facilities there until the middle of August. They wasted 115 days, and the National Security Council did not conduct the first senior meetings to discuss the withdrawal and the removal of American citizens until August 14th at 3.30 p.m. They completely neglected the Americans that were there. I, I remember Chase at some point, uh, Jen Psaki said, well, they tweeted, they tweeted out and said, hey, we're, you should get out of here. Uh, I, I mean, this is this is their primary responsibility is the American citizens, not just the ones that are here domestically, but American citizens around the world, especially in volatile regions where the American military has been protecting them for years. 
Absolutely. You know, it, it's usually a bad sign when you spend more time planning for a wedding than a withdrawal from a nation <laughs> at war. Right. So like the response to Jen Psaki then is, okay, how many months did you prepare for your wedding? Like how early did you start meeting with florists? Right. And, and it's like, if, if they're not having any, any formal meetings or planning or strategy sessions until four weeks before they're going to do a massive withdrawal, it seems to me like, I, I think this, this just smells like one of those things where in 10 years, we're going to look back and it's going to be really obvious why they did it. And it's going to be some malicious problematic thing like for some reason they wanted to arm isis because it was you know going to neutralize another threat against iran or whatever i don't know i'm not familiar enough with the area but it, it was so botched that it seemed intentional and i i'm anxious to see if if uh, um time sheds a little light on it puts a little context around it trish in addition to that the report indicates the biden administration had severely misled the american public on the number of american citizens left behind in afghanistan after the military operations were completed we've all talked about that we've seen reports about that they denied it now this report confirms it oh gee imagine my surprise that the american government lied to us yet again i jen saki I, I mean the same person who told us that if we didn't want to feel the effects of inflation to just not buy anything, I'm not listening to <laughs> anything that comes out of Peppermint Patty's mouth. Sorry. Like she is, she is a, to me, she's a worse talking sock puppet than Biden is because she's literally like, she's the handler. She's like, I've been told to say this. This is what Biden will say. I know that he will say the opposite, but I will tell you that is not what he said. I'm just going to lie straight to your face with a smile on my face and condescend to you because I am Jen Psaki. So yeah, I we all know that Afghanistan was botched and it was botched hardcore. And I, I do believe there was a reason they botched it. I think they botched it on purpose. And I think it's going to be, yeah, it's probably going to be five, 10 years from now. We're all going to be, oh yeah, that's why they did it. But I think, I I'm honestly think China's got something to do with it. I really do. I'm not anxious for five or 10 years to pass. However, I am anxious to see what uh, the that kind of rear view mirror will look like, because I can't imagine for the life of me why they would intentionally botch it. I really think this is just a an administration that Brit that is completely inept, a defense department that's focused on uh, pregnant flight suits and uh, vaccine mandates and a woke agenda, white fragility, what all that all that crap instead of uh, doing what they're supposed to do, which is uh, fight wars. Uh, they're definitely inept. Uh through and through but i you know so much stuff went wrong can they actually be that inept you know broken clock is right twice a day right i mean they were never right once um so as much as i want to do the glasses half full and say that they were just inept and that's horrible my gut tells me there is some dirty, shady shit that was going on behind the scenes, and there's massive grifting bribes or whatever happening, and that's why it went down the way it went down. I do want to do a quick side note. Uh, Dr. Malone just posted in Gitter that 71 episodes of Joe Rogan's experience just removed, adding to prior removals. Grand total of 113 episodes are gone. Oh, um, my 40 God. Yeah, so it's additional. Oh, my so, God. It's like 5% of the catalog. 6%. Uh, is what the is what they're saying here? Six percent is gone. Um, yeah, so, so like they're on a roll over there. Yeah, I I think this is the leftist way of a uh, of an active shooter. They're just in there, just shooting away on the computer, trying to delete shit as fast as they can before uh, the uh, Spotify police catch up to them. Because the CEO was like totally backing Joe, so this is really weird. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, back to Afghanistan. 
my gut leans to that in a few years, we're going to find out that there was some shenanigans. You know what I really wish JV would happen is that maybe the Republicans might do some selective leaking like Adam Schiff did to, to you know, to hammer the Republicans. Now, why, why don't the Republicans just start leaking some shit to hammer the Democrats? I'm not talking top secret government safety stuff, but you know what? Leaking some stuff about the Afghanistan botch and if there's some corruption there, yeah, that should be leaked. Leak the shit out of it. All right, changing topics. The uh, Senate leadership, Republican leadership, held a press conference today and uh, talked about some of their legislative priorities and some of the things that they're looking forward to when the Republicans uh, have a bigger voice in the Senate should they take control. Uh, one of the things I thought was very interesting, Chase, is that they addressed the situation with Russia and Ukraine. And John Thune um from uh, a senator of where he's where's he from idaho where's montana where the hell is he from i don't know um anyway he's the uh, minority whip for the senate uh, on the republican side and he he listed a few things that the democrats did that have allowed russia to get into this power position as it relates to ukraine and it, it, i hadn't considered this list in its entirety until he uh espoused it during this press conference. Here's the cut. That when we had a week, a few, or a vote a few weeks ago on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, uh, the administration was rallying the Democrats to, to vote against it. They, they held up the defense authorization bill for months because they were trying to pass their reckless tax and spending spree. And they didn't even get around to naming a Ukrainian ambassador until yesterday. So. Okay, so he lists lists three things there, Chase. He lists the fact that there was a resolution uh, to um, I don't know if it was a uh, to condemn uh, the Nord Stream two pipeline to stop it, whatever it was. Democrats opposed that. They didn't approve the defense uh, bill that would have provided funding necessary for our defenses, but also uh, equipment that uh, would help in this uh, current situation with Ukraine. And they didn't even name a Ukrainian ambassador. Uh, from the United States until yesterday. So I have said all along here that if Joe Biden had been a real diplomat and had taken action long ago, we could have avoided this precipice of war. Now, take take that anywhere you want to go. Some people think this is all intentional as well. But either way, go with it. Frankly, I'm still of the of the opinion, and I could easily be swayed and I could easily be wrong, but I'm, I'm of the opinion that... Um, Russia is not going to invade Ukraine and that there's not actually a threat. I think that they're just making it up for some reason. I don't know why. I, you know, the nice thing about making up a catastrophe is that when it doesn't happen, you can say that you prevented it. <laughs> so I wonder if this is just like one of those kind of, it's like a reverse false flag when you say something bad's going to happen and then it doesn't. It's <laughs> it's totally inverted. But, you know, and, you know it, it, the, and then the conspiratorial side of me says, all right, maybe the left is intentionally weakening the, the United States position globally, because if you are actually a globalist, idealistically, if you're a Klaus Schwabian, an anal Schwabian, then there can't be a world power, right? It has to be, it has to be balanced out. And it does seem like a lot of the things that we're doing are, are, are uh, creating a sort of a power equilibrium uh, where there was, you know, an imbalance when the United States was in its prime. This article came out uh, today as well, Trish, China sides with Russia, opposes NATO expansion. Um, there's a joint statement that came from this from uh, Putin and um, Xi Jinping. 
The side, this is the statement. The sides oppose further enlargement of NATO and call on the North Atlantic Alliance to abandon its idealized um, Cold War approaches. In addition to that, both uh, agreed, Russia and China agreed, that Taiwan is a rogue state, a breakaway uh, province of mainland China, and it will be reunified. One of the worst things that could come out of these uh, geopolitical maneuvers by, or lack of, by the Biden administration is a strong Russian-Chinese alliance, but it sure looks like it's headed that way. Oh, it's definitely headed that way, without a doubt. And I think I think that might be part of this whole posturing with the Ukrainian situation. I think the American, I, I listened to the press conference with President, I don't know if you guys listened to President Zelensky's um, press conference that he gave about this whole thing. He basically said, listen, the United States media is blowing this completely out of proportion, completely out of proportion, and they're making it worse and they need to stop because they're causing panic and it's not helping us. So maybe this is, maybe this is just the United States trying to make shit up and then Joe Biden can make a phone call and they can go look at Joe Biden's amazing leadership. He just stopped this whole Russian invasion of the Ukraine. But I don't know. I, Russia and China getting together, that's bad news, like, all around. Like, that's just, that's got disaster written all over it. So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of going on the side of, I think all of this is, because if Putin wanted to take Ukraine, he would have done it already. I mean, let's be honest. Like, the minute Biden was in office, he should have done it because Putin could, I mean, Biden couldn't do anything. So, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the line. I'm not sure which way it's going to go, but, yeah, Putin and Ping talking, I'm not, yeah, that's bad. That's yeah, bad. Uh, just a quick thank you to Intolerant Leftists and Laura QAnon for the gifts in our Foxhole chat. Thank you so much, guys, for supporting the show and doing that. Britt, uh, talk about any of that, but one of the things that I think we need to point out is that they, the press keeps telling us peak frozen ground day in Ukraine is February 14th or 15th. I'm not sure which, which of those two days it was. But apparently that's the day where the ground is most frozen, therefore can support the t heavy tanks that the Russians have amassed on the border, if that means anything. Um, I mean, I uh, doesn't mean anything. Who knows? <laughs> uh, you know, last I heard, fuck, tanks can go through pretty much anything, right? I mean, well, that's why they have treads bullshit. and not tires. So that, <laughs> yeah, I... We're being gaslit so. They, it's a little just just <laughs> for a little history in tank warfare. They get bogged down in mud pretty well. It's one of the reasons is the, the Germans uh, uh, came to a standstill in the Soviet Union when they invaded in '41 because of the mud. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. So, so basically, the way you defeat a tank is a javelin missile or mud. All right. Good to know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I. <sighs> There's so much gaslighting going on right now. There's so much lying out of our government and our our institutions that I don't know who the hell to believe. We can't believe the media. We can't believe our government. We can't believe the world. I we can't believe anybody. I Chase, if I can I just send you on a plane over there and you'll you'll, you'll check it out for us and then let us know because we need some firsthand um you know uh reporting on the area because I don't I literally JV I do not know who the hell to believe of exactly what's going on. Um, all I know is we're either being lied to by our government or we're being lied to by our government. I just don't know which one's right. Yeah. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's the Seinfeld episode. Ukraine is weak and feeble. <laughs> I remember the Risk episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Britt, go oh, ahead. We pull that clip up sometime. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Britt, let me take yeah, it. go ahead. All right. So uh, China, uh, let's talk about the Olympics. Um, so China. China is what China is. I mean, the media is trying to gaslight and say how great China is and our politicians 
Well, some of our politicians seem to love the way China, China runs their system over there, and they want it here. But this is a, I have no idea what country, I think it's Dutch, Deutsch, Dutch, uh, the, uh, it's a Dutch, Netherlands. Dutch news agency. Dutch, yes, so, Netherlands. The Netherlands? Okay, thank you. I think it's the Netherlands, I'm not sure. But anyway, so, so the, they're, they're doing a report over there, and right in the middle of the report, uh, this is what happens from the Chinese uh, soldiers. We gaan naar China naar onze correspondent Short Tenda. Short, jij staat vlak bij het stadion. Uh, wat gaat China de komende uren laten zien? Ja. Hey, shut down, Igor. Won't you say it's like Simulian, bro? Yeah, we've already here. This is, this is China's version of Baghdad Bob. So, Trish, they literally, they literally interrupt, interrupt the, uh, the uh, which I have a... a um, anyway, so they interrupt this news agency right in the middle of their, of their broadcast. They drag the reporter off. He's gone for 15 minutes, and then he comes back. But apparently... They didn't know what he was going to say, so that's why they stopped it. They needed they needed the script first. Well, of course, because just as Nancy Pelosi told everyone, listen, you don't say anything that might upset the Chinese because you don't know what they're going to do with oh, you. Yeah, so everyone just worst. be a good little soldier and not speak out. I'm like, are you this is this is the the third in line to the presidency, I might add. Can I just throw that in there? Who's telling our American citizens not to complain about the enslavement of the of the Uyghurs in China. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like, I, it's we're literally. I I listen, folks. Like anybody who's listening, listen to me right now. We are two steps away from being 1930s Germany right now. Like two little tiny baby steps. And we have got to do something quick because we cannot continue to let people like Nancy Pelosi tell our representatives and our citizens that they can't speak their minds. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. yeah. If that's what our government's saying, we shouldn't be there. So, so, so Chase, my question is, you know, that reporter's doing his thing. And then all of a sudden he's got, you know, the Imperial Guard in his face dragging him backwards away from his people. What do you think was going through that dude's head? I I don't know. I I would have been terrified. I wouldn't even. I I uh, will never go to China in my life, <laughs> just because I've said so much terrible stuff about it on Twitter that I just immediately assume that it's risky for me to go. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, you're probably and, exactly and right. so I, I don't understand. You're right. I, I don't understand why anybody would enjoy being in that, in that situation at all. Um. Uh. So yeah, I imagine that he was afraid. Obviously, they can't do anything incredibly out of line on camera. Um, but I thought it was interesting that rather than risk a reporter saying something uncouth or not along the party lines, they they were way more they were so much more comfortable with just like obviously having the the, the strong arm of a communist regime on camera, you know, shutting the press down. I mean, that was like that was like case in point for uh, violating like a, what would be the First Amendment in the United States, right? Oh, exactly. I, it's insane. JV, have you, when you owned the radio stations, did you have news departments? Did you ever have issues with authorities in America trying to, you know, push your reporters out or blow them off or not want to answer questions? Anything remotely like this ever happened? No, nothing like this. I mean, the, the closest we ever, yeah, I had some news, I had news departments, I had some news people, some reporters, and, you know, and their, their beat was basically going to the, uh, you know, the, the county board meetings or the city council meetings or, you know, a, a ribbon cutting ceremony in town, whatever. So it was nothing of this level. But what we're seeing here is we're seeing authoritarianism 
we're seeing communism on full display. If, if the Biden White House could do that to, uh, what's his name, uh, Ducey, Peter Ducey, they would do that to Peter oh, God, Ducey would. in a heartbeat. They do it verbally anyway. If they could do it physically, they if they could get away with it, if they thought they could, which if we keep going down this road, as Trish, Trish pointed out, they will be able to, they would do it in a heartbeat. So let that, that little clip there, be an indicator for people who are uncertain what our, what our future looks like if we don't uh, start fighting back a little harder than we are now, because that's exactly what it's going to look like. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy scary. All right, so uh, I have a State Department interview that happened today. And, and what I want to note is normally when you hear a reporter giving the business to a spokesperson from one of our departments, it's Ducey. Maybe another Fox producer reporter, but normally it's Ducey. The, the, these these, these run, run of clips I'm going to play right now as we go around the horn. This is an AP reporter who's been reporting for 20-something years. This guy's been around the horn. Uh, he normally plays the I, – I don't know what's going on, but this dude drank the right cup of coffee this morning. So, Trish, I'm going to play this, and then we'll have some questions on the backside. This is kind of the beginning of this guy's run of questioning. Uh, okay, well, that's a – Quite a mouthful there. Um, so you said actions such as these suggest otherwise. Suggest meaning they, they suggest they're not interested in talks and they're going to go ahead with some kind of a... What action are you talking about? One, the actions I've just pointed to. Uh, the what fact, action? What? The, the fact that Russia continues to engage uh, in disinformation well, uh, you campaigns. You made an allegation that they might do that. Have they actually done it? Uh, what we know, Matt, is what we what I have just said that they have engaged in this activity, well, uh, in this planning activity. But, but let me let me because so Trish, when was the last time we ever heard reporters cutting off speakers like that or press secretaries like that? I mean, you gotta go all the way back to Trump, and then before that, they were never this aggressive. But holy shit, this guy was like, "Don't give me your line." What what actions? It's amazing. Well, and I think that a lot of journalists, and I'm going to put that in quotation, journalists are getting tired of going on and, and preaching Biden's glory and then turning around and looking like asshats because Biden fucked everything up and made them look bad. I really think this is them just being like, fuck him. We're, we're going to ask whatever questions we want. We're going to say whatever we want. And I'm sorry, but whoever that was who was talking about the State Department, it's because I told you so. Just, just listen. Just, just stop asking. Just, I told you so. Like they give these vague expressions, and then when they're asked for details, it's well, I just pointed them out to you. No, you didn't. Be specific. No, they. I just told oh, you. Oh, it's even better, action. Trish. <laughs> oh, I know. I heard. I heard, it gets I heard all these clips. <laughs> well, let me. Oh yeah. Okay. Chase. Yeah. It gets. Give the next one to Chase. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Here, <laughs> I know where there's one for going. you, Chase. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about this, and then uh, I'm going to play this, and then we'll talk about it. Indicating Russia also has already prepositioned a group of operatives to conduct a false flag operation in eastern Ukraine. So that, Matt, to your question, is an action that Russia has well, already taken. It's an action that you say that they have taken, but you have shown no evidence to, 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 to confirm that. So, Chase, a reporter asking for evidence, asking for proof. When was the last time that yeah. happened? You know what it reminds me of, guys? 
I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> They're in their snapping point, man. You can only do that shit for so long before before you can see snap. You know, if you're a good person, it's it's easy. Like, we all struggle. You know, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson, and one of the things that he teaches is, like, look, like – it, the, the Nazi thing wasn't just a fluke evil thing. He's like, we are all human beings. We're all capable of evil, right? And I think that, you know, our, these journalists, they it's, it's like the politicians. They start small, like, okay, you know, I'll pretend that the wind's a little worse than it is, and you know, just to hype up the weather of the storm tonight, you know? And then it escalates, and they get the promotion, and it escalates, they get the promotion. But if you're actually a good person and you mean well, decades can go by, and you can look back and be like, oh, my God, what have I done, and what am I doing? And in Snap, and you know, I, I think that it's at a certain point, you know, we've seen this. I, I felt this way on the right too. I, I've lost my patience with the Republican Party, and I'm somebody that's you, never voted outside of the Republican Party. Um, and, and, and you know, I, I hope that I hope that people, earnest people from both sides, um, uh, get reach their breaking points because I think that's what we need. I think we need to break a little bit and just rebuild because it's it's beyond the mend. Yeah, totally. And the clip that I screwed up and I didn't record right, the, that reporter literally accuses them of Alex Jones-level gaslighting. It was hilarious. All right, well, anyway, so this clip is the reporter basically says, uh, you're not giving us anything. And the guy on the stand, which I forgot his name for the life of me, literally says, it's not my fault that you don't trust the U.S. government. Not my fault that you don't trust the U.S. government is what he throws back at the reporter and then moves on to other questions. So my question to you, JV, is why should we trust the U.S. government? What have they done, particularly the State Department, done that uh, that uh, gives them any credibility for us to just take them at face value without evidence? A reporter's job is to not trust the U.S. government. That's their job. And to demand details and evidence of the things that they're being told. That's their job. And sadly, for too long, most reporters haven't done their job. It's refreshing to see this reporter do it. But then again, you've got this Doogie Hauser character standing up there, uh, reading off of some piece of paper, which it seems like everyone in the Biden administration is incapable of having a conversation. They all have to read from something. Even Jen Psaki, it's so maddening. First of all, the things that she says, mostly ridiculous, but the fact when she answers a question, she re she's reading. She's glancing down, reading every single answer. None of these people have an original thought. None of these people can actually formulate their own sentences. Brit, words are your second language. I think they might be their third or fourth mm. language because they can't come up with them on their own. So that reporter is so refreshing to see him ask for or hear him because I, I don't know who, what he looked like because we didn't see him in the clip, but to hear him ask for details. The thing that should scare everybody is the State Department was not willing to give them. That guy, Doogie Hauser up there, was not willing to offer them. And if he came to that podium to deliver the message that he was delivering, he should have had some details. That's that's you know that's a prerequisite when you're doing that, and he had none. So uh, I'm going to go around again, JV. Uh, so Trish, I got this GoFundMe thing here that, um, that uh, uh, you know, this, this GoFundMe thing is really pissing me off. But basically, so GoFundMe... Um, uh, this is their statement on the Freedom Convoy 2022 fundraiser. So it says GoFundMe supports peaceful protests, and we believe that was the intention of the Go uh, the Freedom Convoy 2022 fundraiser when it first created. Bullet point number two: We now have 
evidence from law enforcement that the previous peaceful demonstration has become an occupation with police reports of violence and other unlawful activity. And if you look down in the, uh, the lower part uh, where I highlighted, it says that GoFundMe has had many conversations. They've worked with local authorities to ensure that they have the right details, um, uh, that uh, multiple discussions were had with law enforcement and city officials. Here's my question, Trish. Uh, with the way that Justin Trudeau has been acting by just calling them with, you know, horrible names, blue-collar people calling them horrible, horrible names, these truckers, um, they're government lying, uh, tackling pastures in the middle of freeways, using helicopters to find illegal religious gatherings. Um, I mean, you can just go down the list. Uh, kicking in doors, they punched a lady in the face. The Mounties. Why should why should why should GoFundMe trust what the government of Canada is telling them to take away money from hardworking, blue collar truck driving, salt of the earth, this this workers uprising? Why should go why should GoFundMe trust the authorities? Because GoFundMe is a arm of the leftists that are trying to ruin our country and Canada and every country that's has any types of freedom at all. Um, I, I mean, the good news is, is that there are other places. Like they've already sent up, Give, Send, Go has already set up a new fundraising account for the Truckers Convoy. So, um, and everyone can get their money back from from GoFundMe. So if you did give money, please immediately request um, because you only have, what is it, like two weeks? And if you don't request your 19th. money back in two weeks, they steal it. Like, I honestly think they should just automatically refund it. If they're saying it's not valid, then they, they should, should automatically refund it. You shouldn't have to ask for your money back. They should automatically refund it. Those fuckers are stealing. That's what they're doing. They're stealing the money because mm -hmm. they want a slice of that pie because that's a $20 million slice of pie and they want some of it. So yeah, no. Wait, did you say the truckers were stealing? No, the go for, yeah, the truckers. <laughs> yes, the truckers who are all like having those truckers are stealing. I know those assholes. <laughs> no, they're all being nice and like making sandwiches for each other and and feeding the homeless and shit and building soup kitchens. But now we're gonna go shut them down. And my whole thing is this: we've had the authorities in how many cities? Okay, they we, GoFundMe was totally cool with them bailing out rioters. Totally cool with that. But, but this, this is what's going to bring, oh, come on. Like this, this is totally just another, like, if you don't follow the narrative, you can't be a part. We're going to take away your bank account. We're going to take away, you're not getting your social credits. I mean, this is like, we're one step away from being China. I mean, this, and Canada, I like literally, I feel so sorry for anybody who's in Canada right now because it's so much worse there than it is in America. So I'm like, no, they're literally a step away from being China. We're two steps away from being China. So yeah. Right. Well, it Chase, so here's the other half of this uh, GoFundMe. So speaking to the money, so it says uh, organizers provided a clear, uh, dist uh, a clear distribution plan for the initial $1 million that was released earlier this week and confirmed funds would be used only for participants who traveled, you know, blah, 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 blah. But in the highlighted section, it says for the rest of it, which is like $9 million, we will work with organizations to send all remaining funds to credible and established charities chosen by the Freedom Convoy 2022 organizers and verified by GoFundMe. So now GoFundMe, the original organizers don't get anything in this. Current organizers, but whoever that is, and whoever is verified by GoFundMe gets to distribute the rest of it. If people don't request, whatever money is left over after February 19th, if people don't request it all back. So basically GoFundMe is going to choose where this money goes. 
Yeah, that's really screwed up. It's like a money laundering thing almost. That's that is bizarre. That is that is the most bizarre. You know, and, and this this lines up with what we were just talking about with that with the State Department clips that you played, Britt, because you know, there was a time not long ago, uh, the Bush administration is a good example of this. The Obama administration is a good example of this, where they were the, our politicians and our bureaucrats were very serious and intentional about lying well, right? So they lied to us just as much, but they were very good at it. There was always like a shadow of a doubt or a benefit of doubt. And oftentimes the lie wouldn't become obvious until much later when it was too late anyway. And it was it, they were careful about it. But now... You know, I, I, it it's like they don't they're being so sloppy about lying. It's 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 as if they realize that it doesn't matter if we know they're lying. It's like it's it, like what I hear when I watch these press conferences isn't the lie. What I hear is Jen Psaki saying, "What are you going to do about it?" That's that is the attitude that our mm -hmm. government has to the people. What are you going to do about it? So yeah, you know, we're lying about Ukraine. What are you going to do about it? You know. And it, that's that's really alarming. And so that's what GoFundMe is doing right here, right? Like, hey, we took all the money. What are you going to do about it? They, they wrote in a document, yeah. in a statement, that they were going to launder the money to organizations that they chose in lieu of giving it back to the people that donated it. Like, I, I, would, be, I would be sued in civil court. Like, if I had a client that demanded a refund because I did not provide the service, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to give you the refund. I'm just going to pick a charity that I like <laughs> and give it to that charity. You know, yeah. that's not going to fly, Right. Right? Yeah. And so, but yeah. the, so the fact that they're writing down that they're doing that, it's like, that, what are you going to do about it? Like, it, it, there's no accountability. It's so screwed up. But we should know better than to ever use GoFundMe. They've made, they, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Like, we should, there, there, are, there are alternatives. Uh, and, you know, obviously they're not as big, but there's other ways to raise money. GoFundMe is totally unreliable. Here's a sad reality, Chase, is the truckers are too busy just doing their job. and They didn't pay attention exactly. during the Kyle Rittenhouse when all that went yes. down, they're probably watching other stuff. Who knows? Wasn't now this case. is in their face. And yeah. now a lot of regular blue collar people, a lot of a lot of normies, as we call it, that aren't super into politics like we are, are now going, what the hell? So JV, Chase, two things. Number one, whatever the government's doing up there is not working because this is downtown Can uh downtown Toronto. The farmers have downtown moved in Canada. with their tractors and their downtown Canada, downtown Toronto. Uh, the farmers are moving in, and they're blocking up all the streets in Toronto. So that's happening. Um, and then we have uh, uh, Jack Posobiec posted this: "Give to give, send go." They've already they've already agreed to host the Freedom Convoy. They're taking in things. I, I saw another tweet come out uh, not too long ago. So much money is being donated to Give Send Go's Freedom Convoy that it crashed their servers. So if you can't donate right now, wait a couple hours and then get back into there. They're making so much is happening to support these truck drivers. That uh, the money collecting uh, system companies, uh, their servers are going down. So this is a good sign all the way around, I think. We we keep being told yeah. how uh, democracy is being threatened, you know, by people who uh, enter the the Capitol building or by you know people who uh, espouse any kind of conservative view or patriotic view in this nation. We're threatening democracy. It's the biggest threat to democracy. I and mean, this word has been thrown around, and this phrase has been thrown around uh, from every corner of the left. Here we have a bunch of people actually expressing their uh, God given right to uh, grievance their government. And and this is how democracy works. And they are being uh, called, well, now they're being called occupiers. But it's really ironic how when people actually express 
their opinion in a democratic way uh, with civil protest that if it's not on the left, they are somehow criminals. And that's what we're seeing here. The other thing about GoFundMe is that GoFundMe announced they were freezing this money before law enforcement in Canada started using the word occupation. That happened before. So now they just now they're just be able to use that as a justification for it. And just because a couple of police chiefs or whomever these people are say it's an occupation doesn't make it so. That doesn't make it so. So gun GoFundMe is way out of line here. GoFundMe also in addition to allowing money to be raised to let rioters out, Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioters out of jail, they also raised money for Chaz. And they raised that money for Chaz yep. even after people got killed in that district, whatever the hell it was. So I think what they're doing here, I think what the Canadians are starting to do is they're seeing how well this insurrection narrative is going in the United States and they're doing they're trying to use their own version of it. And it's, it's an occupation. They haven't I don't think they've stormed any buildings, so they can't call it an insurrection per se, but they're using occupation instead of insurrection. So um, the other thing I'll say, too, is since when does GoFundMe get to direct how the money is used? I mean, I've contributed to people's medical uh, funds, you know, when they're having medical problems, can't pay their medical bills on GoFundMe. I don't think GoFundMe comes in and says, all right, send us your medical bills. We'll tell you if, if you know, if you can pay this. I've, I've contributed to uh, uh, funeral funds for people. I mean, I, I don't think GoFundMe has done this to those types of things. So suddenly because, what, $10, 20000000 million is involved and a political cause on the right is involved, all of a sudden they're going to start sticking their fingers into this. No, I, a lot of people in chat have said this will be the death of GoFundMe. I really hope that's true. I really, really do. Yeah, I agree. And just real quick to the people in chat, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you're uh, if you're listening to us on Gitter, please smash the uh, thumbs up and uh, repost or re... Yeah, I guess they call it a repost, not a retweet. Uh, repost the show, please. It, 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 uh, it helps uh, the show climb in the visibility. So... And if you're uh, if you're over on Rumble, which it seems like we got a good crowd in Rumble right now, uh, please smash the Rumble button. That helps over there greatly. Yeah, and thank you, JV. We'll take it where you want. Sure, and a great uh, thank you uh, in Foxhole again to Liberty Bells for the contribution. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, okay, so let's talk about Joe Biden, our best uh, source of material here on the program. He gave a speech today. He was uh, touting the uh, accolades of his economic plan, which I, I wouldn't be able to identify what that plan is if you asked me to, other than just shut down uh, U.S. Uh, energy production. Um, but he made some quotes here. I, I got some clips from this. I want to play them. I want to talk about them. It's nothing earth shattering, but I just can't get over the fact that this is the president of the United States. Look, average people are getting clobbered by the cost of everything today. Gas prices of the pump are up. We're working to bring them down, but they're up. Food prices are up. We're working to bring them down as well. So, Chase, to start off, he's talking about how bad it is. So he's there to tout his economic successes, and he has to say how bad it is for people. It's kind of a weird message. Yeah, yeah. It's like what he's really saying is, you guys are going to love it when I fix it after I made it this bad. <laughs> you, know, you guys are going to be so impressed when I, when I fix what I screwed up. <laughs> You're not going to believe it. It's like that scene in Dumb and Dumber where he's like, just when I think you couldn't do anything dumber, yeah. you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. That was what we just witnessed with that Joe Biden speech. That poor man. You know, and I, I'm convinced that Joe Biden's been an evil person his entire career. 
But at this point, I do feel bad for him because I don't think it's just evil. I think he's sick. I, I, I don't know how many times we got to say it. Um, uh, it's like a broken record with that thing. But it's just it's so obvious that he's he's just not functioning at all. And the, 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 and the major concern isn't so much that he's not functioning. It's like, okay, well, who's functioning for him? Right. Yeah, exactly. Who's calling these shots? Uh, Trish, I'm going to play a little bit of a game here on this next cut. Um, I'll play it, and you'll, it'll be obvious. We're going to work to bring down the prices that are way up, but guess what? Guess what? All right, so guess what? Guess what? What do you think the guess what is, Trish? He shit his pants. <laughs> oh, let me play the whole clip. <laughs> We're going to work to bring down the prices that are way up, but guess what? Guess what? We're going to keep strengthening the supply chain to bring down the cost of every all these goods. We're gonna bring. We're gonna keep strengthening the supply chain to bring down the cost of all these goods. We we gotta we gotta work on that supply chain. We gotta work on the supply chain. I am still <laughs> really really confused about this supply chain crisis. There is no freaking supply. This is what pisses me off the most. We don't have a sub. You, you know what we have? We have a person in charge of what the fuck he's doing. We have a transportation secretary who took all this time off and we didn't even know he was gone because he's not doing anything anyway. We have union workers who are railroading everything. We've got Chinese goods. We have so many fucking problems and none of them have to do with the supply chain. None of them. Yes. Do we have an employment crisis in the trucking industry? Absolutely. But that's because of the federal government's fucking policies that are stopping truckers from being able to freely cross state lines, cross, you know, into Canada, into Mexico. They're creating the crisis and then expecting us to give them more power so they can fix the crisis. It freaking pisses me off. And the fact that there are people who believe him when he speaks blows my mind. When I watch these clips, and I watch this whole speech, I think to myself, the worst thing in the world for this president is for anybody to see this, for anybody to see what is happening here. Because he does not only does not look presidential, he, as Chase said, he doesn't look well at all. No. And the words coming out of his mouth are sometimes jumbled and garbled and meaningless or uh, incoherent. Uh, Britt, this cut I just found very weird. Watch how he shakes. Out there with type 1 diabetes who need this insulin to stay alive and stay healthy. Or the 200,000 American children with type 1 diabetes. See that shake? I mean, I may be nitpicking a little He's bit here, trying, but he, I watch it and I'm just like, this is just weird. Yeah. This is like He's trying to overemphasize. I do that to my wife all the time. Yay. 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 Hey, hey, the Gigi. I want to sniff some hair. Are we good? Yeah, you know, but here's the problem. He's frail. (laughs) He's frail. So when he does this, it makes his whole body shake. Because he's frail. He can't hold it together. But here's another thing. He's bitching about the the cost of insulin. Um, That's true. But here's the deal. Donald Donald Trump lowered the cost of insulin a lot. And when Joe Biden got into office and undid everything that Trump did, part of that thing was the whole the whole uh, uh, prescription drug, uh, fair nation pricing, et cetera, that Trump did that really brought prices down for American citizens, particularly the poor. Um, he undid all that. So this rise in drugs and insulin that he's freaking out about is his own damn doing. So stop looking at us and look at the children you have running your administration because their ineptitude 
their lack of experience in real life is crushing this country and crushing the poor. But hey, that's exactly what you guys want to do because you guys do not like the poor. We are just a tool for you guys to use to make your stuff. That's all we are to you. So Think about now. being one of the parents without the insurance or the money to pay for that insulin. How do you look your child in the eye who needs an insulin? They have no idea how they're going to figure out how to pay for it. Think about it was a dozen of them. Uh, apart from the awful delivery chase, my question is that, he, first of all, why this diabetes and insulin thing is his only example he ever brings up when he talks about this, this drug Because it speaks thing. to the minority communities. Uh, that, that's a good point. But here's the thing. Um, I don't know that I've ever, and, and listen, I may, I may just may not be in the right places, but I don't know that I've ever heard of, of, of kids being wheeled out of hospitals without their insulin to die on the street. I don't, I've never heard that, first of all. Secondly, don't we have things like Medicaid that already pay for these medicines for people who can't afford it? Don't we have Medicare that helps uh, seniors pay for medi medications when they can't afford it? Don't most states have programs that pay for kids' medications. I know New York does, and I'm sure most of the others do. Isn't Wasn't Obamacare designed to give people uh, affordable health insurance if they couldn't get it otherwise? I mean, aren't there programs already that are supposed to be handling things like uh, someone's inability to pay for a necessary medication? I mean, if you're under 18 years old, you can you can go to a Shriners hospital and they'll they'll take care of whatever your problem you have for free. So really, this is just exaggerating the, a problem to try to pull heartstrings, right? Because everybody cares about kids, even if they're even if their parents are Democrats, right? <laughs> and so so it's 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 just emotionally manipulative. It's it's baseless. But at the same at the same token, my uncle was diabetic. He was overweight. Yeah, he, uh, he he died in his fifties because because of it. He was just not taking care of himself, and he was. Poor. He was a man who declared bankruptcy twice in his life. He kept trying to start small businesses and they always failed. He just wasn't good. At, he was a great guy, but he wasn't good at managing money. Just, you know, financially unsuccessful person. Right. And he, he was, he was on the government dole for his insulin, you know, and he was somebody who was like legitimately trying and he was poor. The only, his only character failing was that he didn't take care of himself, but he wasn't like a lazy person. And he was, he, he never wanted for the medicine. It's stressful to be on such a tight budget. Don't get me wrong. So, you know, I think that it helps people when we lower costs. It's not like, oh, it doesn't matter what it costs because the government will just take care of you. That's not like the right answer. Yeah, that's not what I'm trying to say. But, but this is just, this is classic Democrat stuff. And Republicans do this too. All politicians do this where they, they point out a suffering that a group is experiencing. And they exploit that suffering in order to gain power for themselves. And so what they're really doing is not trying to help that person. They are using that person's plight to help themselves. And that's what's so menacing about it is because it appears on a superficial level to be out of a, out of a sense of benevolence. But really, it's, it's only malicious. I mean, Joe Biden doesn't give a damn about kids that can't, get, that, can't, that, that can't afford insulin because he's bombing kids on accident with drones in Afghanistan, <laughs> right? So, like, the, these people, he doesn't have – at that level, if you're in politics at that level for that long, you do not have a conscience because you've had to make, you've had to make too many calls that actually mean life and death. Right. I'm a business owner. I make calls and it, I, my income goes up or down. Yep. I make bad calls. But if you make decisions for 50 years that result in life or death for civilians, you get calloused. And I just don't think he gives a shit. Trish, uh, I'll let you decipher this cut. But we have a generation of so-called, for example, sandwich generation. 
That is, you have a young child and an elderly parent, and you both need help. And look, we can help them take care of mom and dad and make it work. There's a program that allows us to, on, on, on Medicare. Um, first of all, why does it look like he's using somebody else's mouth when he talks? He looks like the Crypt Keeper, and I just can't get over <laughs> it. Like, I... Every day, his hair gets thinner and thinner, and he, you can see more and more scalp, and so little. And then when he does the teeth, you can see his teeth. And I, oh yeah, it, no, it's just, it reminds me of the Crypt Keeper. That's all I. That's all I could think of. I used to think he was like Walter, you know, like Jeff Dunham. Right, Walter. Walter yeah, yeah. That's that's an insult to Walter. I'm sorry. That's an insult to puppets, because he's way be, he's he's in Crypt Keeper territory now. But no, was that what did he say? Sandwich generate. I think that's what he was trying to say. Sandwich yeah, the sandwich generation. generation yep. That would explain the diabetes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wouldn't it though? But yeah, yes, there are all these. Pro- Listen, I it, it boggles my mind that we have all these programs to help people. We have programs to help people with put their kids in daycare. We have programs to help people who are taking care of elderly parents. We have pro- we have all these programs that do all this stuff. People just don't know it's there because they don't bother to go look, because they don't want the programs. They want to check. And let's face it, that's part of the problem, is that we've been handing money to people for so long that that's all they expect. They don't want help, they just want the money. And that that has to stop, because that's part of the problem. Like, I grew up on the government cheese. You know, we used to get these little coupon books that, you know, one coupon was good for a gallon of milk, and one coupon was good for a box of plain Cheerios. Not the Honey Nut ones, just the plain ones. And we get a coupon for whatever. Now it's like you can take your EBT card and go buy whatever the fuck you want. You yep. want lobster? Great. You want T-bones? Great. You can buy whatever you want. You want Doritos? Sure. Mountain Dew? Absolutely. What the fuck? No. When we, if, we, if you are truly in need, you will take what food you are given and you will be grateful. If you aren't that in need that you are going to be picky, say, no, I don't want that. I want something else. Then you're not that hungry. And if you look around, we're not hungry in America. We got the, we got the opposite problem going on in this country. We are not hungry. Yeah. We are way overfed and with disgusting processed food that is not good for anybody. So, right. yeah, I th- uh, Crypt Keeper Joe can't speak. He can't read from a teleprompter. And he's just trying to use these emotional pleats, which honestly is my, uh, of all the things, of all the logical fallacies in the world, every time you put out an emotional plea, I immediately turn troll level on people. Because that's just bullshit. Like, stop stop trying to use people who have a bad situation to push your agenda. I hate it. I absolutely hate that. That's like my biggest pet peeve when I, for any, any discussion I have, especially on Twitter. It's the same thing. Britt, one of the rising stars in the Republican Party, is the I should say the racist Republican Party, is the Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, recently re- elected, Winsome Sears. Oh, yes. She uh, made, she's, it turns out she's, she's kind of funny, too. She uh, tweeted over the course of the weekend because two prominent black congressmen were barred entry or barred membership to the Congressional Black Caucus. Now, you'd think the Congressional Black Caucus was a member of black or African-American Congress people. Well, it turns out if you don't have the right political views, you can't be uh, a member of that group. So Winsome Sears over the course of the weekend uh, came up with some alternative names for a new caucus that should be formed for the people that can't that should get into the Black Caucus but can't get into the Black Caucus. And some of them are pretty funny. I'm going to throw them up here. Uh, one of them was the the You're Not Black Enough Caucus, which I think is, <laughs> is, is hilarious. Another one is the No More Division Caucus. 
Third one is, let's do away with caucuses caucus, uh, the friend caucus, and the welcome caucus. But again, Winsome Sears has turned out to be uh, quite an interesting character in the Republican Party and obviously a surprise win to the Democrats. They didn't expect Glenn Youngkin to win that race against Terry McAuliffe. Uh, but here we are. We've got uh, we've got someone in the Republican Party who has a sense of humor as well. A sense of humor, sharp as a whip. <laughs> That's where I was going to say the same thing, Chase. How about the long caucus? The ginormous caucus? <laughs> That would have been so funny. Oh, I'm going to start with big man. black goggles. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm black adjacent. I can be in. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. God, I, I love, I, I actually, I really like her. Um, I, ho I hope that she skyrockets in the Republican Party. I hope that, um, I, she's just a really cool person, it seems like. It's someone that you would want to hang out with, shoot guns, barbecue with, drink a beer with, whatever, you know? Is that, what you, is that what you do? Is that what you do with people, friends? You invite them over, you shoot guns? Is that is that part of your social routine? Shoot guns. Just out of curiosity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shoot guns. Barbecue and I, shoot I guns. I do that. Really? Yeah. Barbecue, that. shoot guns, drink beer. Yeah. Right. I'm not judging. I have I have guns. I just don't view it as a social activity. It's all. Oh, it's oh my god. No, totally. So I'll show you time of your life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we have a we have a range that actually has tactical bays in it. So you can actually move and shoot, move and shoot and practice shooting down hallways and set up barrels and stuff and shoot around stuff. Yeah, there'll be 15, 20 of us. Like we'll go out there and we'll <laughs> Yeah, just like a capital with the Legos. Um <laughs> but the, yeah, we'll do that all we'll do that in the morning, shoot a few thousand rounds, and then we go and we barbecue and drink beer and you know, tell war stories. It's pretty funny. I mean it's pretty awesome. So yeah. And that's the type of person I think she would be. I think she'd be cool with that. Tannerite. Shoot some Tannerite. That is some fun stuff. Yes, that is fun. You Am I taking it? Machine. Are you giving it to me, JV? Uh, you can if you want to. Sure. All right, I got a couple things. I got a couple things. All right, so I literally just found this one on uh, on Twitter. Just, I pray to God. I pray to God. I pray to God that this is true because it is so funny. I just want to put some levity in here. I mean, we're kind of laughing right now. So this is a, a, a lunch detention for a child, Hank Beanie. He's in sixth grade. And the reason... This is from a teacher. Student was covering his ears while CNN 10 was on. He was asked to stop stop and listen to the video. He replied, I don't want to listen to Democrats and continued to cover his ears. Uh, the person assigning is uh, Tessa House. Uh, this was recently. And mom was notified. Oh, my God. I would, I would, I would, I would, God, I pray to God this is true, Trish. Because this means we have a chance in the future. At sixth grade, if this kid knows. Not to watch CNN. This is an amazing student. Just so you know, that is true. Um, every school I've worked in, they play CNN clips. CNN makes clips specifically for schools to play during like their little you know announcements period. We did it right before lunch. Um, we had fourth period was our lunch period, and they would do the they would do the morning news, and it was always CNN clips about whatever propaganda they were pushing in the schools at that point. So I have no doubt 100% that that is true. Absolutely. And listen, those wow. ki kids are getting smarter and they're getting way more outspoken. Like I've seen so many great videos coming out of schools right now of kids walking out, of kids, like did you see the video came that came out of California of the kids who refused to wear masks who were put in the gym and then they were barricaded in and they turned off the heat? Yeah. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Yeah. So listen, those kids, uh, they yeah, let yeah, them yeah. out. They all like walk down to the superintendent's office together to raise holy hell. I'm like, 
it's gonna get bad. Like kids are kids yeah, are getting I think, pissed. They're done. They're done. Yeah, I think that I think that principal got fired. Yeah, I think that principal got fired for that. Yeah, because they violated like totally twenty fire that. codes. Like they, there, there is going to be a class cold. action lawsuit. Yeah, that well, is really <laughs> cold, Chase. So cold. <laughs> Crank up the AC on him. Um, well, so and there was all. There's also the girl that's going on like 15 days of suspension because she will not wear a mask. She's like, uh, she's like in uh, a freshman, whatever grade that is, and she won't wear a mask. Yeah, we I told my son, Florida. who's a freshman. Yeah, yeah I, my, yeah, I told my son, don't wear your thing. mask. If they make you wear your mask and you get suspended, you're it's okay by me. Now he's still wearing his mask. He, he doesn't want to fight. He doesn't want to fight that hard because he's because he's on lacrosse. He's loving lacrosse. He doesn't want to get kicked off the lacrosse team. So he's he's bending a little. I'm trying to break him of that, but you know maybe when lacrosse is over, he'll hold the he'll he'll hold the line and stop wearing the mask. So Chase, I kids that young. I mean, should that give us some hope? I mean, that's pretty amazing. And then the videos we just talked about, the kids are fighting back. I have a theory about Gen Z, and it's. I know that it's probably wishful thinking, okay? But I like to I like to push it and talk about it. So the first, first of all, I, I have two nephews um, uh, that are in Gen Z. They're they're in high school and they're very impressive because my brother that raised them is a hard ass, and they both bought their own cars. You know, right when they were fifteen, they bought their car that they wanted for when they turned sixteen. They worked all summer and they did all this stuff, right? Great kids, hardworking, conservative-minded. And I know that's not a reflection, that's anecdotal. It's not a reflection of the entire generation. But the first thing that indicated to me that we were in a good, we were in a good place with Gen Z was when I heard that there was an anomaly of no one in Gen Z believing that Helen Keller was actually deaf and blind. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I heard about it. No, they did. They did some study and like an overwhelming number of Gen Zers think it's just bullshit. And I, and I believe that Helen Keller was deaf and blind, okay? But I am very grateful that they didn't just buy it because they were told it. And I think because the internet and they've grown up in this culture, they've been lied to so many times that it's really hard to bullshit them, right? And, and I think that's, that's going to be a good thing, right? Like these kids that are talking out, they're like, we know the masks don't work. Come on, this is stupid. None of my friends died. Like at the beginning of this pandemic, I was like, hey, maybe one of my exes will die. At six months in, I was like, fuck, this isn't really a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <It's> so <laughs> oh, my God. Listen to you. So I know. I'm just, I'm just joking around. But, but I, I, think that, I think that there's going to be some good things that come out of this. And, you know, and a lot of this trans stuff, like the weird, the weird non-binary stuff that we see going on that scares us and spooks us. Like we feel like we're, our culture slipping between our fingers and just rotting away. You know, I think it's a, a serious problem and a risk. But I think ultimately that's actually more of a reflection of what the millennial generation is pushing on Gen Z than what Gen Z is manifesting out of itself. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right, Absolutely. JV. Yeah, uh, JV. Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna play this uh, Shaq clip, and then you can talk about whatever and take it wherever you want. Cool. I just really dug that that Shaq did this. Uh, stood his ground. And it's like okay, I, I like this dude. Look, I encourage everybody to to be safe and take care of your family. I do. But it's still some people that don't want to take it, and you shouldn't have to be forced to take something that you don't want. So I don't think people are being forced to take. Well, there are some. There are. I mean, listen, we have a mandate at CBS. That's force. We have a mandate at CBS. But my, but my point. That's force. But where I wholeheartedly. That's force. No, it's not force. It is force because if the man don't take it, a man will get. A man's gonna get fired. I accidentally clipped off the last part of it. But JV, two things. That, number one, it's cool that Shaq said that stuff. But the reporter who also works at CBS, was like, 
Oh, well, we have mandates at CBS. No, it's not forced, but it's a mandate, but it's not forced. How? I mean, the level of stupidity, it goes right along with we got to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. I, I don't understand how people can twist this shit in their mind for it to make sense. I don't get it. Yeah, two things happened to me when I listened to that clip. I have a very newfound respect for Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, I always thought, geez, why is this guy getting all these stupid endorsement deals? Every commercial I see has Shaq in it, it seems. Um, and I, you know. He's Dr. Shaquille O'Neal, too, by the way. Oh, really? He has a PhD. Oh, wow. Okay. From the University of Phoenix. Oh. <laughs> well, he still did. Oh, that's, got it, right? true. that's awesome. I think he did the ads for him and they gave him one. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, I, but I have a newfound appreciation in, uh, for Shaquille O'Neal and whoever that O'Neal person was, because I have no idea who that was. What a moron. And it's, again, just another example of how most people in the press have no freaking clue. They've been indoctrinated. They're a product of the public education system. They come out believing this garbage and er their whole worldview, everything that they look at, see, talk about goes through that prism. And uh, Shaquille O'Neal set her straight, and that was a beautiful thing to hear. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, do you uh, do you want to take it? You got something to go around with? I got one more thing I want to talk about. I just think we need to talk about it because it is uh, uh, news and it's kind of important. So uh, the Republican Nation National Committee censured uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. Um, they, yeah, the, the resolution of uh, censure read like this representative Cheney and Kinzinger have engaged in actions in their positions as members of the January 6th select committee, not befitting Republican members of Congress, which include the committee's disregard for minority rights, traditional checks and balances, due process and adherence to other precedent and rules of the U.S. House and which seem intent on advancing a political agenda to buoy the Democrat Party's bleak prospects in the upcoming midterm elections. That was the resolution that was passed well, out. What do you think about that? Uh, what do you think about the whole thing, Chase? So I'm, I'm going to uh, display my ignorance. What does it mean actually to be censured? It's basically a rebuke. It has no legal recourse, although they could be kicked out of the Republican Party for this. I mean, it, they could take it further because okay. of the censure, and they could, from what I understand, vote to remove their— Are they taking off committees and stuff? Well, that's up to that's up to the leadership. That's not an automatic by the censure. Okay, I see. So— It's basically just a condemnation. On, on the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I despise Kinzinger and, and Liz Cheney. Okay, no question there. But I hate it when political parties— bully individual reps, right? And we see this problem a lot when, when reps get elected, they go to Congress for the first time, they're all gung-ho, and then they realize that they have to play ball with the rest of the party that doesn't represent their specific constituents if they want to be on any committee placement, right? And so, you know, I, I get it, but this kind of shit, man, it's like, it just it just comes off as, as political grandstanding to me when I read it. Um, uh, even though I agree with the sentiment, it's, it's like when Ted Cruz goes to the border. Like, did he actually, like, solve something by going or was it like really just better for his PR that he showed up? You know, I don't know. And I'm not saying that to be critical of, of Ted Cruz, but I like to pick on Republicans when I can just to, you know, try to not be so biased all the time. So, um, you know, I, great. They censured him. What was the slap on the wrist? I mean, Kinsinger's not even running again. He doesn't care. Yeah. He, he's, he's basically forced out because of redistricting, but Trish, the uh, censure added support. Uh, this pair supports Democrat efforts to destroy President Trump more than they support winning back a Republican majority in 2022. What are your thoughts on this? Well, that's I mean, they're both they're both rhinos. They're both, you know, Democrats in Republican clothing. So I 
But I, I agree with Chase. I mean, like, it really is. It's grandstanding. A lot of it, there, there is no bite to this. I mean, if they were going to go do something more than just censure them, then maybe I might, you know, believe them. But the Republicans that are in control don't have any backbone. They're not going to do anything more. They're just going to have their nice little press conference and release their nice little statement and and then move on tomorrow as if nothing happened. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of the bullshit coming from both sides of the aisle. Like, I'm just, I don't want to hear it anymore. Like, do something. Do something or shut up. Grow a spine, get some testicular fortitude, and move forward. Because th what you're doing now is just spinning your wheels and playing pretty games. And I, I'm not impressed. And they're they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose a lot of people because of this. I mean, and it's a lot of people are saying, oh well, Trump's not gonna have the ground because of this, and blah. Trump's losing popularity. I'm like, yeah, that might be true. But who's gonna who's gonna run against Trump? I mean, I I know you guys all love DeSantis, but he's already said he's not running. So I don't. <laughs> well, he's not running if Trump I mean, Trump is running. I think right. The, yeah. yeah. So and Trump's running. I mean, Trump's already said he's going to be the. the I still think know, the, the jury's out on that, despite what he said so far. But we'll really? see. No, yeah. I no, I, I think. Well, I think there's I think there's still some roadblocks for him. He's got to get over. Anyway, Brett uh, Cheney responded to this by saying the leaders of the Republican Party have made themselves willing hostages to a man, meaning Trump, who admits he tried to overturn a presidential election. I do not recognize those in my party who have abandoned the Constitution to embrace Donald Trump. History will be their judge. Yeah, history's going to be a great judge of Trump, and she's going to be the one, and her family's going to be the one that are mass-murdering, uh, endless war, grifting uh, via military weaponry, big, you know, big military. Uh, her, her family is as corrupt as the day is long. And that's what she's going to go down as, as a corrupt, lame, weak politician, just like her father, who uh, he wasn't weak. He was actually quite effective at what he needed to do. But he was also an endless war hawk type, which, you know, unfortunately, got a lot of American kids killed. Um, but like Chase said, ah, there's no teeth to this, so it really doesn't it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And as to her saying that, uh, you know, Trump, sorry, but Trump's the one that exposed all the corruption of our government. The only reason we know how corrupt our government is because of Trump. <clears throat> and that is a gift. If that's all he did in his entire presidency, that would be a successful presidency in my mind. But he also did a lot of good stuff. He also did some bad stuff, but he's not perfect. We all know that. But between pulling the curtain back and showing the rats scurrying, cockroaches scurrying everywhere, and there's some stuff that he did that he showed us that we could have an amazing economy in a short amount of time. Um, you know what? I'll take Trump any day over her. Well, I'll take Trump any day over any Republican that's in elected office right now, except for maybe DeSantis. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Rand Paul's a good is a, yeah, is a fighter. Oh, I do too. like Rand Paul, but Rand Paul doesn't want to run. Not this time. I think Rand Paul runs. Yeah. For, I think I think Rand Paul runs for money making. I don't think Rand Paul really wants the reins because then he has to make decisions. Hmm. Um, I've never made fun of your appearance, thing. and believe me, there's plenty of material. Remember <laughs> that that Trump debate? <laughs> I've never made fun of your appearance, and believe me, there's plenty of material. <laughs> it would be so much fun to go back so and clip out the greatest hits from those debates and the comments he made about oh, the other candidates. Oh. Some really funny stuff there. Uh, final point on this. Our favorite senator, Republican senator, Mitt Romney, uh, who is, by the way, the uncle of the chairman of the Republican National Committee that, that censured uh, those two, said in a tweet, shame falls on a party that would censure persons of conscience who seek the truth. In face of vitriol, so oh my God. Mitt Romney oh, uh, jumping in there. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody Mitt Romney, the yeah. paragon of truth. Yeah. Give me a 
fucking break. Yeah. You know, Chase, just to, and, and maybe even Trish, just to kind of counter a little bit uh, your opinion on that. One of the things I think is important to remember, every one of these representatives yes, comes from a district, and yes, they are ultimately responsible to the voters in that district. But when they get the endorsement of the Republican Party, they actually have an obligation to Republicans in the entire nation, not just their district. Sure. And there is part of that, and Cheney and Kinzinger have completely betrayed that. They've completely betrayed the party that they asked for money from, support from, to get them into their elect elected positions. And I say the same thing about people like Mitt Romney, John Kasich, Chris Christie, Christy Todd Whitman, all of these people who have turned on the basically the Republican choice for president in 2016, which was Donald Trump. And when they turned on him, they turned on the party that that they asked for support from when they were trying to run for something. And that is a kind of betrayal that I don't take very lightly. Well, and I think it's going to show when the when the voting happens. I mean, Kinziger, we already know, is out and I don't think Cheney's going to make it. So. They're both going to be gone, I think. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, Cheney's raising a lot of money. She's got uh, some of the big former Republican guns uh, coming to her aid. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm hoping she gets defeated in the primary, but we'll see. Brett, do you have anything else you want to do? No, I'm good. Let's get out of here. All right. I hope everybody has a great weekend planned. Of course, we'll have the weekend review playing through the course of the weekend where you can catch all the programs from the week, Monday through Friday. Thank you for being here. If you're new to the program or any of the channels, please follow, subscribe, whatever it happens to be on that particular platform and share it with your friends. We appreciate all the comments and chat. We try to keep up with them, but there are a lot of chat rooms rolling and a lot of comments. But uh, I love the insight of the folks that join us in the chat room. People are really paying attention to this stuff, and it's very, very encouraging. Chase, thank you. What have you got going on? Anything uh, that people need to be aware of, Chase? Uh, I'm still just doing the podcast. Um, right now, I'm going through old episodes and rebranding and doing some uh, technical stuff to try to uh, improve the performance on the YouTube channel. I will say I did hit a big milestone this week, though, guys. I, I got 50,000 followers on Twitter, which is something that was a goal I've had for a long time. Oh, nice. So, Good for you. Uh, nice. Very feeling encouraged, you know, and, and I know it's small potatoes compared to a lot of the other big guns out there, but it was a big deal for me. Well, congratulations. Trish. Well, you're, you're, you're big enough now for them to delete you. <laughs> yeah, you've made it to that list. Trish, what's going on with you? Anything that people need to know about or where they can follow you? Um, no, still. I'm still on Twitter. So yeah, that's at Trish underscore Vixen. And you can catch me up on Getter as well, which is my old handle, Vixen95Trish. So. All right. Terrific. Britt, what, do we need, what else do we need people to do? Uh, I just released the Scratchers and Foxhole. Uh, are there lemons back in D-Live yet? Or is that still down? Let me look. Yeah, and then uh, while, while JV's looking, we need you to smash like button, subscribe at multiple platforms because you never know when one's going to go down or we're going to get our throats slit on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, if, you are, if you're in Gitter, please smash the thumbs up or uh, do a, the old repost of the show. It helps us a lot. It helps the show get visu uh, visuals. If you're in Rumble, please smash the Rumble button. Uh, also, please subscribe. All of that helps the show climb in the visibility algorithm, however all that fancy stuff works. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, viewer mail at independencegang.com. Viewer mail at independencegang.com. Give, uh, give us your suggestions. Give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you guys. And I believe that's all we got, right? All right. So it looks like the lemon system. Can I ask a question of the audience? The, hold on just one sec. The lemon system is working in DLive, but there's no way to do the rewards where we used to release 
you know, the treasure chest, whatever. That's not there anymore. Go ahead, Chase. I just wanted to ask if anybody else watching every once in a while, it looks like that alligator is moving because of the air conditioning. It, it's the ceiling fan. That? <laughs> yeah, the fan. Oh, it's the ceiling fan. Everyone, I'm like, it's alive. <laughs> Stop doing oh the mushrooms, God. Chase. Stop doing the mushrooms. That thing's, got, that thing's got more teeth than a, than a censure. Uh, oh and that we should point out, that's Trisha's new flag. It's the don't tread on Florida DeSantis. What did you say? It's DeSantis's campaign flag? Is that what you said? Yes, it is. That's nice. his signature at the bottom there. Very cool. Very cool. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Remember, the weekend review will be on over the course of the weekend. We'll be back here live Monday night at 10 p.m. We'll see you then. 